Oh, I can't hear you anymore. That's lovely. You can't hear me anymore? <laughs> I just started recording and I can't hear you. Oh. I need Tom to just come to Austin and be <laughs> my closet with me. I know. He's on a mountain right now, I think. <laughs> <sighs> uh, oh, that's because I changed. Hold on. Yay, he knows. I think I know. Output, built-in, input. Let's try this again. I'm going to hit record. Hello. Hello? Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm a AV genius over here. Yes, you are. <laughs> Man, the amount of Google Hangout difficulties I've experienced this past week, it was really funny. I'm like, what year are we in? Yeah. <laughs> Someone who I was interviewing suggested that we use Zoom. And I was like, this is <laughs> this is the state of things. This is... <laughs> Oof. Oh, God. One of the interviews I did this week, it took 15 minutes to get started because she kept getting kicked out of the Hangouts. I think it was her yep. company's firewall. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that was fun. Same kind of thing. We weren't using Hangouts. We were using Slack calls, but it took us a good 15 minutes to get it to where we we needed Slack calls to be. It was sort of, sort of a nightmare. Ugh, I'm like starting to build in difficult like troubles, like difficulties. <laughs> with, yeah, troubleshooting. <laughs> I know we had like a meeting for all the designers across the different offices. In my little schedule, I built in like 15 minutes <laughs> for Google Hangout troubleshooting because I, I figured that would happen. <laughs> oh my goodness! Have you guys decorated the Austin house at all or anything? No, not really. It's it's still bare bones. We got some conference tables. We got desks. We got chairs. Nice. We don't have all the conference tables yet. We only have a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so That's fun. There's still some, still some very empty rooms. Hmm. I'm sure that's going to change. Yeah. I think we're going to take a pause on undoing stuff till next year because me... And the managing director in Austin, Don, who's been on this podcast before, mm. um, we're taking two weeks off for the holidays to tend to our little ones. And so when we come back, well, I think we'll restart the like list of things to do for the office, which is oh, kind of great. at this point, it's like never ending. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's what I've heard when you buy a house, or you know, so you, <laughs> you guys didn't buy, but when you lease I hear a house that once you get office. a house, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a never-ending to-do list. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm taking off next week. I'm excited about that. Should yeah. be fun. I love holiday time. Been trying to to squeeze in as much as I can before Christmas comes because once it <laughs> happens, oh my God! Now we're just now we're into the next it's year. Winter, I know. I love being so that insane. that person that goes, "Oh, see you next year." I love doing that. I think oh it's a, a certain type of person, and I am that type of person. Yes. <laughs> I had I had a, a couple emails come through of, like, requests to just kind of catch up over coffee, and it felt really good to be like, we push this to the new year, you know? like <laughs> I'll talk to you next year. Yeah, it just felt good to say something like that, because you don't get to say it very often, you know? No, you got a, a few weeks every, yeah. every year, you get a few weeks, unless yeah. you're, like, that type of person that's so 
busy that they know their whole schedule for the entire year. Yeah, it's like March. Uh, can we push this to next year? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there are people like that. Like yeah. CEOs of, of major corporations probably know most mm. of their schedule. I would, well, doctors too are like doctors, that. Doctors. People who have really important jobs. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I feel like they don't manage their their calendar as someone else does. No, so they, they probably have don't someone even that know. Does that. Yeah. Maybe we should get someone to manage our calendar. That would be wonderful, but I would also feel bad for that person. I know. <laughs> I know. I had, I had a friend who always wanted a personal assistant, and I was thinking to myself like, "Oh man, I could I don't think I could do that." Like I just yeah. be I would feel really bad to be like can you get my, pick up my whatever, like laundry, as they say. That's usually like the quintessential example. Like pick up my dry cleaning, which I had to do like multiple times in my past life. <laughs> the best part about that is I don't have any dry cleaning. I don't either. Just, I don't just even... always send them to the dry cleaner, even though we don't have any. Just be oh, really yeah. mean. I think part of the reason that I don't want to do that is because there's a certain amount of delegation that I feel like just isn't worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not that important <laughs> that I need to delegate that calendar stuff and the importance of like every single meeting. I guess, I mean, part of what we do is already like that calendar stuff is sort of delegated with Calendly. So yep. that's doing some of the, I would feel administrative assistant would do that kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's true. We kind of have that already. Yeah, what was I going to say? Something about calendars. How do they work? I don't know. If you figure that out, let me know. (laughs) Okay, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What are you uh, wrapping up before you uh, go on break? So we talked to the entire design team about the new hiring process that me and you redesigned. Mm -hmm. I opened a PR today. A couple of episodes ago. I've been talking about that. A lot of talking. A lot Mm -hmm. of question answering. A lot of me saying, I don't know yet, which I I think is is a good thing. And then doing a lot of our new interviews. So we still have a ton of positions open. So if Mm -hmm. you're looking for a design or design director position in San Francisco or Austin or Boston or Raleigh or London or New York... I just listed off all of our offices. <laughs> we're we're for, hiring yeah. designers <laughs> in all of our offices. So yeah, I've been doing a bunch of interviews, a bunch of our new process interviews, which are kind of our, our first initial screen. And then a bunch of our skill interviews, which are a combination between app critique and pairing on a front end challenge. All true. And I, I just finished the PR request. I just opened a PR to the handbook for all this stuff. Yeah. So it's probably good to kind of explain that process. Yeah. We have our handbook in GitHub and we treat the company kind of like a lot of people will treat open source projects or even a project in general using GitHub as like a project management tool. So anyone at at ThoughtBot can make a pull request onto the handbook, which is basically how we operate as a company and change the way that we operate. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a good place to have discussions, too, about our values or, you know, things that are in place, things that we want to change. And that's kind of where we we hash out those details. 
together. Yeah, so, so it's so it's we cool. also like not only create PRs but also create issues. So mm, yep, where where we see opportunities for Thoughtbot to grow, people can create issues. It's worked really well. It also means that everything is transparent to the entire company, mm-hmm. which I think is is one of our core values: is making sure that that's transparent. It's great. That was something that I mean I've never ever seen that before. I got to Thoughtbot. So that was a really cool thing to learn and to be part of. And it felt really good to to wrap up and put all the stuff that we've talked about into now, you know, up for <laughs> up for review now, which is good because that was one of my personal goals before the end of the year. So had some time today. It's been a really busy past few weeks. Yeah, you've been um, in a design sprint co-facilitating Mm-hmm. That and that's what the, yeah. all of your you, your hangouts issues stem from doing the interviews <laughs> from the design yeah. sprint. Yeah, you want to tell us a little more about what what's going on? Sure. So <laughs> last week we had the actual sprint with there's a lot of people in the room, maybe like 16, 17 of us at the top, and then you know gradually people kind of popped in and out things of that nature. But so we had the sprint last week. And then this week, Vendela and I, we interviewed potential users of this product. So we had eight people. We coordinated everything. They were all over the world, too. Different countries, one in Africa, one in Canada, Germany, Sweden, and a bunch in the United States. So it was really cool. It was a lot, you know, like it was about eight hours worth of interviews. So we also, right after the last one, which was the same day as our presentation of our findings, we had a few hours to put everything into a Google slide deck and then went back to the whole team and talked about what we discovered. And that was a really cool moment because it marked the end of the sprint and everyone was super excited about it. And it was great. I hope that there's some potential there for us to work together again. So awesome. it was cool. Yeah. And you had mentioned that, that they wanted to give you hugs but couldn't. <laughs> I sensed I sensed it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I, they're a great team to work with, you know, and it's really cool to be an outsider who comes in and says stuff that a team has probably been bouncing around internally for a while. And I'm sure this kind of a thing can kind of give them the kick they need to maybe start exploring some of these ideas that they've that they've had, you know, like we mentioned mm-hmm. a couple of points that people were looking at each other around the room, right, and being like, like I told you, or like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is fun to kind of sw- to like swoop in a little bit and and kind of help give them some outside perspective. I think in the past we've talked about ways that I thought about like incorporating improv into, especially the the second day where you're generating a bunch of ideas. I like the idea that on the first day, instead of just going around the table and just saying, oh, I'm so-and-so from such and such company, mm-hmm. like everyone just goes around the room and hugs each other. <laughs> just the, the first thing <laughs> yeah. that we do. Oh, God. <laughs> that would definitely break the ice. Uh, uh, yes. I, I also think that our people ops would be uh, upset with me. Yes, for that. I think so. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Lots I think of a lot of our suggestions. That, that, yeah. That context. <laughs> Serving mimosas during date was also a suggestion we had. That was probably yeah. a slap on the wrist. Good, yeah. thing, good thing they don't listen to this podcast. 
That, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, for one of my icebreakers, we went around the room and we said what our first concert was and who we, how old we were, who we, who we were with, what the circumstances were, and it was fun. It was a good way to kind of get people laughing. We talked about that on the, the last episode, which might be a lost episode, too. Because oh, I, yeah. <laughs> because I forgot to record. Or at least I had an issue with the record, oh, right. recording. That's right. Didn't forget. I want to think of some more icebreakers to do because Icebreaker. it, is, it is kind of an awkward thing to just kind of get started in. And especially like the day where you do sketching, mm-hmm. you got to warm up that Quick day. Too. You know? Yeah, totally. But I've learned a lot this past these past couple of weeks, one of which... I learned the value of really explaining what the hell we're doing, like who we are to these participants who have never been in a user interview before. So the first few I took for granted some some stuff, didn't really explain too well, you know, and they, it still went okay, but I knew, I'm sure we could have made them even more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But later on, just kind of taking a minute in the beginning and asking them, if they've ever been in a thing like this before where they've looked at a prototype, they've given feedback, and then when they say no, then kind of go into like what we do as product designers, why we're talking to them. You know, we're gonna start with asking you some questions to help better inform, you know, our decisions and our thoughts, and then we'll go into this prototype that doesn't work. And at one point, (laughs) it's completely fake. At one point, I looked over at Vendela because someone was struggling with the idea that it was not real. Like they're kind of, you know, they're kind of confused by it. And I was like, "Don't worry, it's not. Nothing's real that you're looking at. You can't click on anything. Nothing works." And I looked at Vendela. I'm like, "Our job is so weird." <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, "What are we doing? We're just showing them this like." <laughs> well, we show people pictures. Yeah. And tell them to click around, but clicking doesn't do anything. Yeah, and speak out loud. You know, at some point, <laughs> some point, you know how you do this thing where like, I always have them read read to me, read back what they see, right? Like, just open-ended stuff like that. Yeah. And someone was like, you're talking to me like a child. Like, he was upset by something <laughs> I asked when there was like, a, it was like a progress bar somewhere. And, you know, I asked him what the progress bar meant. And he was like, his attitude was like, I know that you know what it means, and you probably know what I, that I know it. So why do I have to even tell you? And then he said it, and it was something completely different than, <laughs> than what, what we were thinking of anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I just smiled and let him. I'm like, okay, well, sure. Like, but what is what does it mean though? <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry yeah. that I even asked that question. I know. I felt bad, but. Then again, that that went away quickly because I was like, this is a weird thing anyway, you know. (laughs) I think it is probably good to to explain to people that Vendela is a designer in our Boston studio that was working on the project with you. Yes, yes, yes. Just in case they don't know. You also, it sounded like during the sprint last week, I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode and if the last episode will be, be released because mm-hmm. of my screw up, but you traded off who was facilitating, right? Yes. And, and I think that's the first time we've done that. I always Is try it? and, well, <laughs> there's, there's a whole conversation happening right now about that because traditionally speaking, if there was a designer and a developer in the room, it was assumed that the designer would lead everything because it's called design sprint. 
But we don't have to do that. Like, we're just leading conversations and discussions, things that we talk about a lot during engagements anyway. So whenever I'm with another designer, we usually trade off on stuff. So we did every other exercise pretty much. And it really, like, we're both talking. Like, we're both leading the conversation, but just one one is more focused on the listening and pivoting and asking follow-up questions. And the other is more focused on listening writing down assumptions, maybe even like challenging ideas that might increase scope, especially later on as, mm-hmm. as the sprint is coming to an end. So just kind of like a, a wing person, you know? <laughs> yeah, the way that I've done that when I've had other designers is usually one of us is the facilitator and one of us is the designer for the mm-hmm. entire process. Mm. And that's worked out really well, mostly because it takes some of the pressure off the facilitator to actually oh. contribute. Oh wow, that's great. So like especially during that that second day mm-hmm. or the second phase, if you will, it takes some pressure off the facilitator to like create and instead just focus on moving the team along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has worked out really well. Like ping-ponging essentially the role of facilitator and designer is really interesting to me. I've never done that before. Like I've always <laughs> wanted to just be a facilitator and not have to participate as well because it just is a lot of it's it's a lot but for me as a facilitator sometimes i have a hard time grabbing the subtext of what they're saying and like pushing them into how might we statements into assumptions like usually like i'm so active in the conversation that i i forget to break away and start collecting stuff like collecting artifacts yeah so that's the other designer that does that i'll even sometimes have a third person so especially if we have a a three-person team for the design sprint having one person facilitate one person be the designer and one person ask to be the recorder to like as they hear things write things down but also keep track and document things Mm -hmm. and sometimes those are the same role i've also been all three which for a smaller design sprint when it's like three people sitting in a room is, is totally fine but i think one of the challenges that you faced this time around was it was a huge sprint. And so the larger the sprint, I feel like the more separating those roles becomes really important. So having mm. one person that's dedicated to facilitating yep. or at least each exercise is dedicated to facilitating and one person that's has a background in design that's working on solving the problems mm-hmm. and then a third person that's that's working to like record the things that are being said and write down some of the assumptions and some of the bigger like backboard items, but also sort of relying on the designer and the recorder when they do hear something or have more questions to help kind of engage the rest of the room to make sure that the sprint is headed in the direction that they want it to as well. It's a lot of of like room (laughs) management. Yeah. When there's only two of you, which one is recording stuff? The facilitator or the designer? I would default to the designer. In a lot of my earlier design sprints, I was always in a room with a developer. And so it was it's fairly natural to say, I'm going to facilitate and they're going to record. But we have a lot of varied teams now, which is really yeah. good. And so having everyone kind of be experienced with all of those roles is really awesome. But I think one of the things that you're getting at that you didn't explicitly say is the sprint doesn't have to be facilitated by a designer. Uh, We have developers here that are 
really focused on creating great product. And because of that, they're essentially user experience designers. But also, like, the biggest skill set to facilitate is just keeping a room of people on track and understanding yeah. the schedule and understanding timing. And after you've been in a couple design sprints, you should be able to get the hang of it. Yes. And the developers are product consultants like we are. Like, we all are the same. Like, we're all, like, under that umbrella of this of product consultant. So we could all manage and lead those conversations. And it really, like, leading a design sprint, it just makes you a better, like, everything facilitator. <laughs> You're better at pushing people, pushing back, encouraging people, making them feel comfortable to say what's on their minds, you know, encouraging people to get along and, like, find common <laughs> ground and, like... And hug. And hug. So... And, you know, I think the most challenging thing, which I've really only realized later on in my career, is because our job can be so amorphous and not everyone understands what we do, especially people coming in who don't have the background that we have in technical, you know, in product. It's really important to be able to explain things in ways that other people can understand them. And as I move forward, I realize the value in being able to communicate what we're doing and why and what like what the value is. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a designer trait or a developer trait. Exactly. It's communication trait, which is, I think, a lot harder to have. Maybe it's it's harder to practice. It comes with experience. Yep. And certainly like not all designers have that skill set and not all developers have that skill set. Like not yet. But Not like the yet. more sprints you do, especially like sprints for sure help with that. And even and sales calls, especially too, because you have to really concisely say what you do. <laughs> you know, now, you know, I can explain a design sprint now in like less than 30 seconds. You know, oh, my God, could not do that before. <laughs> because you start with like the nitty gritty details in a way. But no one needs to know what each day is called. You just need to know what it's for. Yeah, the, the more that I talked about the way that we name things, unless they already have an understanding of the thing that we're talking about, it does, just doesn't help. It, it hurts the conversation. And so trying to, as much as possible to, to explain things in, in plain language, like saying the first day is for us to really understand the problem, and the second day is for us to come up with as many ideas as possible, and the third idea is for us to decide on which way that we want to go, and the fourth phase is jumping in and, and making a prototype, which is like a tool for us to, to learn, and then mm -hmm. the fifth day is for us to interview people so mm -hmm. that we can learn if we're headed in the right direction or not. See, that that fourth phase, the prototype phase, I'm still, because I, I do the same thing that you do, where everything else you had like a couple words explanation, and then when it got to like the build prototype. part, yeah, it's like you say prototype, and now we've gotten into the habit of not wanting to use that anymore, that word, because it's not really <laughs> what it is, but... People it is what don't, it is, but, but people it, have different ideas of what a prototype exactly. is. Exactly, but that word is like the common ground word for everyone. Like I say, like learning tool. I, I call it like a visual talking points. Like I, I try and say something else now instead of prototype. And it's funny because I do. It's funny because I like say it and then I backtrack. Like, well, I mean, I mean it's I, not that's really. What I, just did. <laughs> I said exactly. it's a prototype that we use as a learning tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally.
I've liked <laughs> learning tool as as the best way to kind of describe that. Yeah, me too. Even like in interviews, I tell them that I'm going to show them something that we're just going to look at together and just a way for me to keep asking you questions. But to like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just awesome. to like, just like point at stuff. Yeah. And then you tell me what you think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally like everything. Like <laughs> <laughs> Just point at stuff. Yeah. I find that the less jargon I can use with uh, in interviews, the better. Yeah, I found that most important with both the design sprint and jobs to be done. Mm. Has a lot of a lot of terms that are normal words, but mm-hmm. aren't aren't normal words. Yeah. <laughs> like you, what? Do you have anything like t- top of your mind? Top of my mind, just using words like progress and mm. outcome. Switch interviews. Switch like, interview. Like yeah. While they are normal words, they have a lot more meaning with jobs to be done. Specifically, yeah. like the word progress and pain, like pain point or problem. They just add a lot more meaning to those. And they, I mean, like the general public who has kind of developed the the jobs to be done theory. But like even just saying jobs to be done, those are all normal words and people can sort of get an idea of what it means. Not really. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's almost like the same thing with anything else, like agile. If you talk to someone about working in agile, like, oh, we have a sprint. And people, if you talk to someone who's not tech savvy and doesn't really know what Agile is, they're not going to really totally get that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a word that we've added meaning to in certain context. And the crazy thing to me, too, is, is and this is another reason to start to talk in, in more natural language, which is like different people have different meaning when you throw around Sprint. Like some people have like this really rigid structure in place where you apply points and you're expected to hit a certain amount of points in a week. Mm. And mm-hmm. you do this grooming session every week. That's this really scheduled out thing. I think our process is a lot less regimented than that. At least whenever I've worked on projects, it's it's a lot more loose and we only apply the structure that we think is necessary. And so mm. when we say, we work in an agile way, it's totally different than what another company might do. And so I can't just say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a loaded word now. I, yeah, I hardly really use agile. Well, I use it, but like like the prototype thing. I say it and then I like backtrack real quick about like what I mean by that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, like we work iteratively, you know. That's probably a really good way to, to put it. yeah just kind of one thing at a time just kind of build upon each thing and like we learn and we try and shorten our feedback loops through interviews through research through design through you know, all that stuff <laughs> yeah and then just i'll throw saying, in oh we work lean too oh yeah <laughs> and then, all right and then i have lean to describe cuisine, what that yeah. means too <laughs> which is essentially what you just said which is like <laughs> making sure that we're building the right thing yeah. doing the littlest amount of possible to to validate that we're headed in the right direction right Even those words are like, what does validation mean? And this all comes back to during the holidays when my family again asks me, what do you do again? And you just say, I ask people to click around on an image that doesn't actually do anything. (laughs) I just say I work in tech now. (laughs) I work on computers. I work, I do computer stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I usually go with, I design websites. See, like, I, I try and go beyond that a little bit because then I picture, like, my first websites I've ever done 
And they're like for gyms and like random <laughs> micro sites. Oh, so yeah. I, I try and make push it a little bit further. You know, I do digital product design, like <laughs> like apps, websites, software, you know, that stuff. Usually the thing that I get after I say, oh, I do web design. They're like, oh, I have this website. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> My goodness, people like trying to get you to to work for them, do their their dirty work immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I got this website. Make, just tell them make the logo bigger. I think make, people are starting to even like when I have said, "Oh, I I build applications both for the web and mobile." They're like, "Oh, I have this great idea." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh yeah. no, 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 you don't." Oh, someone said that to me once and we we were talking about it a little bit and I was like, oh, that's cool. So who's your audience? And they're like, uh, I mean, I mean, anyone really. And I was like, oh, I love that answer. That's too bad. <laughs> Everyone is my audience. It's too broad. Too I'm broad. I'm going to build Facebook as it stands right now mm. to skip all, over all of the other stuff that Facebook did to get to that point. But right. I just, just want to be Facebook as it is now. Yeah. Like, go build that. We were talking today at lunch about people who want just viral videos. Like, hi, can you make me a viral video? <laughs> it's like, a, no. <laughs> Do you know how this internet thing works? <laughs> it's just one of those things where I guess people just don't understand that it's viral because they didn't really intend it to be anything like that. You know, if you start out with the intention of making it viral. I don't know. Unless you're creating so much content that like... (laughs) Something sticks. Something sticks. (laughs) If you're creating a bunch of videos every day, something Mm -hmm. will stick. My assumption is that's how most YouTubers get famous is like they just do it and show up every day. And people don't see that. Mm. They see the end result and they want to skip over the hard work. It's the same thing with people wanting Mm. like a a Facebook or a Google app and be Mm. like, yeah, I want that. Okay. Do you have like 15 years, couple billion dollars and, you know, however many, however yeah. many thousand designers and developers you're going to need for that? We get that too. If a client shows us a really pretty dashboard and is like, I want that, but I want it in four weeks. But like something that was really involved, you know, it's like, well, I mean, that took someone like years to iterate on, but <laughs> I don't know. We can try something. <laughs> we can take a stab at it. But, you know, you inspired me, Kyle. Maybe we should start a YouTube channel and just make a video. Let's test your assumption that... Test my assumption. If you make a ton of content, something will stick. Every day I can come into my closet and record a video. Yeah, I'm liking the background you have going on right now. I've been looking at, like, this random pile of clothes. My t-shirts. And your popcorners. I don't know what those are. There's, I think, computer equipment in there. There are no chips in there anymore. (laughs) <laughs> and like a fake tree that looks really small. Yep. Oh, that reminds me. I had a, a Charlie Brown Christmas tree that I forgot to put up. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do you still have the animal sounds from previous podcasts? To... <laughs> Tom, please censor that. Please. <laughs> that's great. That's probably good enough, right? Yeah, I think that's good. I'm going to head out. We'll to end on start small my... Christmas trees. And you drop in the F-bomb. Yeah. (laughs) This is episode 64 of Tentative. You can see our show notes at tentative.fm slash 64. 
You can tweet at us at tentativefm. You can email us at hosts at tentativefm. You can review us on iTunes at tentative. No, just Google. Oh, not not Google. Look for us in the iTunes tentative (laughs) podcast. That was good. And Um, happy holidays. Happy Um, holidays. Retroactively. Right. Yeah, let's let's book a meeting for next year. We're booked already. <laughs> yep. If you want to book a meeting with us for next year, uh, just send us an email, hosts at tentative.fm. We can send you our Calendly's, our personal assistants. They'll, they'll get back to you and schedule something. Thank oh you all God. for listening. It's been wonderful. Yes, it has really been. It's Thank been you. Interesting Chris. year. Yeah, I was going to say, been a great year. Another year of tentative. Indeed, indeed. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Until next year. (laughs) Peace out. Mic drop. Mic drop. Just like take the mic and throw it. Just throw it. Don't throw it into your closet, though. You'll never find it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. We are experienced designers and developers who turn your idea into the right product. With local studios in Boston, San Francisco, New York, London, Austin, and Raleigh, let's build something great together.